0: It's Josh Williams, and welcome to the One Man Podcast, episode number 97 for Wednesday, March 20th, 2019. Welcome, onesies. Thanks for tuning in to my humble little podcast. I have a few more to go before we get to 100. Triple digits. We never get to go back. Never get to go back. So much time together. Thank you for everyone who's been here right up until now. Thank you for everyone who's joined in and continues to listen on the reg. Uh, And that's short for regular. I said reg, r e g. Anyone who listens on the rag, well, it just gives you more reasons to be upset with me. I'm probably not something. I'm not a good coping mechanism. <laughs> Gross! What a way to start the podcast, guys. Happy uh, belated Saint Patrick's Day. Uh, I hope you guys had a good time. The Alcoholics Christmas, hmm, a day where you're you're not uh, you're not frowned upon for for just tying one on. Um, I'm going to tell you guys about, um, uh, how it's been going with these here, uh, internet teeth, as I call them, been wearing them solid every single day. <clears throat> I have been eating better throughout the entire process, though. I'm not seeing the numbers coming off the scale yet. That's, uh, that's disheartening, but I mean, I'm eating better, not having like, I had to kale salad tonight. God, it's disgusting. So fucking gross. I don't know how people do it. I think you just go, it's that or nothing. And then people just eat nothing. And then they start to lose weight. I think that's how it works. But, uh, I tasted a lot of whiskeys this week. I, uh, had some fun with friends. So why don't we just fucking get into it? And I'll, uh, I'll see if I can keep this as short as possible. I have no idea if you guys are enjoying the shorter episodes now, or if uh, you liked them when they were longer and I would meander on and on. Like I was dancing in a meadow, nowhere to go, nowhere to be and taking my time. Well, I, uh, I'll just keep it short. I had some fun, uh, some fun times with friends last week. Um, I've been talking about uh, that uh, game I played, Fog of Love, that uh, I played with uh, Crystal and uh, Chris's wife, Rebecca. Um, I actually busted that game out for Jason and Noreen to play, and it was so funny. They were a they would they had been drinking, but the game itself is so funny because it's just scenarios where you're trying like to either make your relationship work or you're just trying to make yourself happy because you get two different personality types and then you just have multiple choice questions that you you each choose an answer and uh you know if if things match up well then you become happy in the relationship but if things don't you know maybe maybe you pick the answer that would better suit your character right and make them happy so it's funny this was so funny because i'm always making fun of jay for being a shit boyfriend um He's very much the way that I used to be ten years ago, knowing nothing about relationships, and uh, I can't even—I can't even say I've ever been as selfish as Jay in a relationship. But uh, and he doesn't listen to this podcast, so fuck him. I've told him to his face too, by the way. But uh, it's funny—he was playing the game. And he's like, "I don't—I don't get. There's no strategy to this game." And I go, "What are you talking about?" And he goes, "He goes, it's easy. I just look at the card. I see which answer would be better for my player, and I just make my guy happy." And I'm like, "Yeah, but." You also want to try to make your relationship work too. No, why? Why? Like the funniest thing, he didn't understand the concept of compromise. Like Jay, it's a balance. You have to make, you have to fulfill your own needs, but you also have to make your partner and the relationship work too. So sometimes you're going to sacrifice what you want in order to make the other one happy. And he didn't get it. He's like, no, that's, I don't get why. Why would I do that? You know, I'm trying to get points, right? I'm trying to, I'm trying to make my guy happy. And it was just, it was just funny to listen to him. Like in the concept of compromising and not doing what you want in a relationship so that the other person gets their way. Like he, he, no word of a lie. This is not an exaggeration. This is not like, oh, he didn't get the game. Like I'm, I'm constantly telling him that, you know, you should do what Noreen wants to do from time to time. Um, because that's what makes your partner happy. Oh, she's always coming with you to the club and sitting around, you know, doing things you want to do that she's not interested in. That should go both ways. And he's like, I do lots of things she likes. It basically just takes her to the places that he likes to go that he knows she likes to like that's that's as much of a compromise as jay will do but anyways watching him play this game that's basically plays like a relationship and him not like saying there's no strategy this game just do everything that your person wants i'm like no that's the selfish thing to do anyways at the end of the game his character was was very happy in the relationship and noreen's character was sub-zero happy like you get, you get points for tracking your, your character's satisfaction, they call it. And his satisfaction was in the 20s. Hers was, I think it ended up being like negative four, or negative five after all of the subtraction. So basically like his real relationship with her. Um, he's happy. She's incredibly un, unsatisfied. Uh, uh, that's a good word for it. Um, hilarious to me absolutely hilarious so much. So I thought of this before, but even the other night listening to it was, was, was too much fun. I, I want to find somebody and I want to do a bonus episode of the podcast, uh, playing that game just because like I said, the scenarios that come up, the game could work very well audio wise. Cause you're just basically reading and talking about your characters. And then you read multiple choice questions and you reveal who answered which way, um very very funny. I think uh I think with the right partner uh it would be a very fun game to play on the podcast and just have this this <laughs> relationship unfold listen to it destroy itself or or uh or not. Who knows? I think it I think it would be absolutely hysterical. And it's a bonus episode. If you want to listen to it cool, if you don't, you don't. Um I also hung out with uh, my buddies Peter and Ivan uh just had a, a cool little night going over to their place. I believe that was uh, last week after I recorded the podcast I headed out there. Um, I also did a spot at absolute comedy on Thursday night, they were doing two shows upstairs and down. And so I, I hopped on to do an extra guest spot and I played around with some new material that I sort of just winged like off the top of my head or whatever. Um, the show was tight to begin with, but, um, and, and I was only doing like seven minute spot. It's hard, hard to get your feet under you with some new material with a seven minute spot, but I digress. I still, I could have been more prepared. So. The set went fine, but when you're doing something new, you want to, you want to leave the stage feeling like, oh, that was good. Like they really enjoyed themselves. That was really fun. Um, but that didn't happen. I went out and I talked about my fucking internet teeth and I think that's about it. And I got like, eh, laughs, you know, some, some laughs, but it was a downstairs room. It's a little bit tougher. Who knows? I, I, I've been hungering to do new material lately and I've been playing around with some ideas, but, um, Still, still trying to find a way to get that fire lit under me. Right. So, uh, that spot went okay. And then after the show, myself, Simon, uh, Jason Noreen and, uh, the headliner this week. Um, well last week I should say he's hosting this week. Uh, Tommy Savitt, the Tommy lava lava llama, the Tommy llama. Uh, I did a nice episode with him, uh, last year. So, uh, check out the, uh, the Tommy Savitt episode. All right. one well, man, podcast interview with Tommy said it's a great interview. Anyways, Tommy's a great dude. We all went to the cigar bar, smoked some sticks. It's a, uh, it's one over on the Quebec side at the Hilton, but, uh, we went there for my birthday, uh, last year and, uh, it was a real good time. Had some cigars, had some, uh, some scotch shot the shit. Jason is not a cigar smoker. Um, so he came and he sat for with us for a little bit, but, uh, but it basically was just myself, Simon and Tommy have it smoking some sticks and having, uh, having some laughs and shit like that. We had a good, uh good time, good convo. Uh I talked to, uh, to Tommy about maybe having his character be like, um, you know, like a a sort of on a regular basis, check in with us here at the podcast and just offer some words of wisdom. Um, he may be my touch and go this evening, but I got to wait and see how, uh, going to wait and see how it goes with the, uh, with the timing. If I get to the touch and goes, cause he's got to be on stage in just over an hour from now. So let's see how much talk and I do before we get to that part of the show. Um, Simon and I also did a little bit of a whiskey tasting here at the house. I've got a few different bottles of whiskey. Simon's got a few different bottles of whiskey. So on, um, uh, one of the nights last week we sat here and we just, uh, we just sort of sipped us some whiskey. We watched Spider-Man homecoming cause Simon had never seen it. And the funny thing about that is, uh, you don't really feel the whiskey coming on, but we got ourselves good and whiskey drunk that night, having, I mean, we probably had about seven or eight different kinds of whiskey all together between the two of us. And we were not measuring, you know, we weren't drinking glasses of this stuff, but we probably had, you know, anywhere between one and two ounces of each one of these. So within the span of an hour, we got ourselves, we, we got ourselves nice and happy, red nosed and happy. A couple of dudes watching a stupid superhero movie, <laughs> drinking whiskey. It was a good time guys. I don't know what to tell you. We had a very, very good time sipping those spirits on, uh, on Saturday. Again, just burning through my week. Like it's nothing. I, uh, I did two different samplings, So I had a full day of, uh, of doing samplings and, um, You know, I'm, I was happy to be doing that. I've been doing all this LCBO stuff, all these liquor store, you know, conversations with apps and stuff like that. It was nice to just sort of do the tasting standstill, throw a podcast in my ear. Happy guy. Um, I may as well give you guys like a little update. I've been wearing these teeth now. So, uh, what are we today? Tuesday. Of course you guys be listening to it on Wednesday. Um, I've been real good about, uh, wearing these as much as possible. Of course, a couple of nights you can't drink with them either. So when I take them out, um, you know, I'm trying not to have them out for too, too long because, you know, they gotta be in for as long as possible to be effective. But a couple of these nights that I'm talking about, I've taken them out for, these are my aligners, by the way. And I keep saying, I take my teeth out. I, I don't have dentures <laughs> these. These are just the aligners. I take the, the guards out and a couple of times, you know, like I, if I go out, I'm out and I'm not taking them out and putting them back in. But, uh, I think when I had, uh, I had a meal out I took them out, I put them back in. And sometimes we do the, the whiskey tastings, we, uh, we take them out, you know, and I don't, I don't put them back in take them out, put them in take them out because you had to brush your teeth. You don't want to be putting these sort of, anyways, point being is I'm sticking real good to three meals a day. And if not two, you know, so sometimes it's two meals and then something like the, the whiskey tasting or whatever, but, uh, we had a good time doing it. Um, Simon and I, we tasted them whiskeys. We had such a good time. We told, uh, about Tommy about it and, uh, and he decided to come to the house on, uh, on Sunday night, taste some whiskies, uh, with us. In fact, Jason did too. Jason's a big, uh, anti-whiskey guy. He, he drinks his face off, but he doesn't really like whiskeys. but Jason even joined us and I think he's starting to come around on the whole whiskey thing. Doesn't realize that of all the spirits, whiskey has the, the most, uh, variety, right? I think you guys know what it's like. You taste vodka and it tastes like someone poured rubbing alcohol in your mouth. You're like, ugh. But then it gets you drunk. You're like, all right, I'll mix it with orange juice or <laughs> Clamato juice, tomato juice, whatever it is. You know, people will, will mix it with shit. Same thing with rum. Ah, eh, throw it in Coke, throw it in orange juice, whatever the hell it is. Give me, a, give, me a, or give me a rye and ginger, whatever it is. People mix all that shit up. It just tastes like the same thing. That's what I think. Like, I think tequila tastes like spicy rubbing alcohol rum tastes like sweet rubbing alcohol vodka just tastes like rubbing alcohol and i think to me gin tastes like somebody juiced a pine tree you know what i mean just just that strong juniper taste i don't mind them of course they're all good mixes in their own cocktails kind of way but overall on their own whiskey is the one that's got the most body and the most uh you know profile there's, there's more going on in a whiskey than any of the ones in my opinion prove me wrong send me samples of your your favorites <laughs> um but yeah so i i've been doing good about taking the teeth out having the meal putting them back in and uh not seeing the pounds coming off just yet but i know that my intake has been less so hopefully we'll have some more stuff to do. All I know is that I'm going to be feeling better about myself once these teeth are a little bit straighter. I know that I hit like hard S's on stage every now and again, this giant fucking tea kettle whistle would come out of my face. No denying where it came from. Cause it went right into the fucking microphone and everyone just looks around and I'm like, well, that's making uh sound like the fucking gopher and Winnie the Pooh. Shh, hey, they honey, I can't do it now. I got the guards in. There's no air between my teeth to be forced, but it's uh, you hit that and that's embarrassing. Everyone looking at you and go, well, and it usually will happen like right in the middle of a joke. So to completely take the fucking momentum out of it, <laughs> but uh yeah, whatever, that'll fix that. Right. Theoretically, I got my fucking diffuser going here in the room with uh what was the, I think the Jasmine or what the hell is the one. Oh, eucalyptus. I got my eucalyptus diffuser going right now, man. I'm so new age. You guys. Sitting here like a hippie with my diffuser, my books about mindfulness, eating my kale salad. Just kill me. You know, just kill me. What's the point of my being here, right? I don't need this shit in my life. Just sitting here. I'm trying to think like, I kind of, I'm looking at the, the stuff here and I'm like, is there anything here that was particularly funny this week? I'm like, I found, I found a lot of stuff funny this week. We, we, uh, okay. So get this. I did my double samplings on Saturdays and I just came home and did nothing. Cause I got home late, exhausted. I did another one on Sunday and then I had a show that was St. Patty's day. I had a show St. Patrick's day at the Lieutenant's pump, uh, decent little turnout for small little intimate room. Uh, that was where I took my teeth out and ate my meal. They gave us a really nice, uh, Yorkshire pudding was their special tonight. So I said, fuck it. Yeah. If we're getting a meal, I'll take your Yorkshire pudding. I didn't know what Yorkshire pudding was, um, but it's basically like, if you're like, hey, can you give me a croissant, but can you shape it like a muffin that was overgrown and just fucked right up? Like, that's all it is. It's basically like a croissant muffin with a steak and potatoes. So I was like, I don't, I don't get what this is. I don't get what, why is, why is a fucked up croissant and a steak, a meal? Why do you call it Yorkshire pudding? It's basically like they forgot to put the sugar in the fucking muffin too. You know what I mean? It's this do goofy little thing that plops up, falls over, and they're like, "Yay!" Hey. Like that was Britain's idea of making. <sighs> Only in Britain would something so bland be considered pudding. You know, I fucked up, a fucked up this muffin. Well, what would you do, to do it, Nigel? I forgot to put the sugar in it. I put twice the amount of baking soda in it. It fucking exploded. Well, we ain't got time to fix it now. Let's call it something else. Yorkshire, Yorkshire pudding, pudding. It looks all kind of run all over the place. Throw it in the oven. Throw it in the oven. It'll, it'll cook. Yorkshire pudding. It just, it was, it wasn't disgusting. It was just a big letdown. You know, you always hear about Yorkshire pudding. People oh yeah, Yorkshire, i have to have the Yorkshire pudding. Just order a fucking muffin. Get a steak, order a muffin. <laughs> I don't fucking get it. But that's what I had. I did, uh, again, did some, some of these same jokes I did on Thursday tried them again with little to no prep. Cause I've been fucking working every day and, uh, went about as well as I expected to. I tried a couple other little new things too, but I really, I really need to be disciplined and just sit down and write. I really, ah, I say it all the fucking time. Guys, I'm going to keep saying it until I drive myself crazy and feel free to, uh, you know, shame me, call me and shame me or message me or, or Hey, send me an email, contact at one man podcast.com. You know, I'd love to hear from you. Um, because I'd really like to get some of these jokes, like I've got all these new ideas and I'm writing them down, which is great. I never used to do that. I would just forget them. So I'm starting to write all these fucking ideas down. And, uh, but it was, it was funny because in that writing them down and, and one of the new jokes I did on St. Patty's day was, um, was one about the LGBTT IQQ2SA, uh, you know, that thing I got in shit for, uh, like episode nine, I think was the the email that I got in trouble for it. episode six, I talked about it episode nine. I got in shit for it. And, um, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll say this, you know, this is one of my talking points. I'm fucking, I'm so done with being afraid of everything I'm saying. Okay. Like on the podcast, I feel myself trying to 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 censor myself a lot of the time and then apologizing or treading treading the lines of funny. And I'm sure, I'm sure all of you guys at some point or another feel like you gotta be careful about what you say because it might hurt this person's feelings or that person's feelings. I doubt any of you ever deliberately try to hurt somebody's feelings. But the amount of shit that you can't say now that might trigger somebody else, and I've tried to be good about it, and I feel like I've neutered myself so much in the trying to not hurt anyone and, you know, just just be careful of people's feelings. Fuck it. Fuck it. You can't, like, I have been two years now in this podcast afraid of accidentally saying something that would hurt somebody, and... You're still getting shit no matter what. You can try your hardest and there's still people waiting there to give you shit. I swear to God, you're like a fucking uh, prison inmate walking down that aisle and there's fucking animals on the cages of either side of you. You know what I mean? Just reaching out, trying to grab you and catch you with something. It's so fucking hard to to tread this fine line of never upsetting anyone. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. While you're looking over your shoulder one way and another arm's coming at you the other, they'll grab you and they'll fucking ruin your life. You know, they just can't wait for you to slip up because their lives are perfect, right? people who are always going around giving people shit you know i'm not saying hurt anybody okay if you're that fucking stupid that you think i'm trying to say like i ah, just go ahead and say whatever you want i'm not saying that i'm saying if your heart's in the right place you're not trying to hurt anybody then just fuck it just say what you're trying to say because you can't even everything's so diluted conversationally right vocabulary everybody's saying shit like i hate myself when i'm like hey can i share something with you guys like it used to be say like hey can i be honest with you yeah let me just, let me just be honest with you. I'm going to tell you something about me. I'm going to be honest that I like that. This whole, can I share with you? Let me tell you when I share something dark on me, I don't feel like you've got any of it. I feel like I still have the full portion myself, right? When two kids are sharing something, they each get a portion. I feel like when I share or when we share things with each other, I feel like it's still mainly stays with that first person. The other person just heard it. It's like saying, can I show you some of the pie? but I'm still going to keep all it, but at least now you know what it looks like. I might be hungry. That's why I'm making pie references. They're just the go-to when it comes to fractions. They're a go-to fucking method. I mean, they've got their own currency, right? Pie charts. My point is, is that I think if I want to say something, I'm just going to say it. And we're now almost a hundred episodes in. Hopefully a lot of you have been with me, you know, for this entire ride i think i've gotten to a point where you guys know that my heart's in the right place and if i say something you know i'm not trying to hurt anybody i'm just trying to get my fucking point across and maybe be a little funny in the process the only person who ever gave me shit on this podcast is someone who doesn't listen regularly basically listened long enough to find something that triggered them wrote a fucking email and then screwed off that was it they never responded back if they had i would have read it You know, that's why I encourage you guys to send me an email. I don't give a fuck. I will read your emails if you, if you're giving me shit, I'm just trying to have a goddamn conversation with you. Jesus. So sad, so hard to talk to you guys. Um, anyways, so I think that's going to be my new, uh, my new resolution to myself is like, you know what? Fuck it. I don't care. I'm going to say what I'm trying to say. Hopefully that's why you guys are tuning in anyways. Every now and again, I let, I let the fucking give myself a little slack on my verbal leash, you know? But we're all careful, Josh, don't say that. you might hurt somebody's feelings. Fuck your feelings. How about that? You know? not that I don't give a fuck about you, but fuck your feelings. Those who can't control their emotions want to control other people's behavior. Eh? That's what it is. These fucking social justice warriors. How empty are their lives? Everybody know, well, no, everyone doesn't know. But a lot of people know that you can't change anybody, you know? can't change how their actions are doesn't matter how much you want to you can't you can't make somebody quit smoking or drinking or purchasing or whatever if they don't want to stop they're not going to stop people only change when they want to change not because you want to or because you bully them or because you supervise them or anything like that all that does is build fucking resentment Hmm? why do you think everyone resents these social justice words feels like people trying to tell you what to do how to live your life hey listen fuck off how about that I live how I want to live. Here's something I had conversation with this week. Is I was talking about how like I want to get certain words into my vocabulary. Um, and again, I'm just going to say them. Um, one of the words that I want to get out of my vocabulary is the word retarded. Um, and here's the thing. Like I was your typical fucking dude who was like, oh, what well, it does. I don't. When I say it, I don't mean it. Like, I, like gay is another one. Like, be like, oh, it's fucking gay or you know, fag or whatever it is like stuff like that. Like there's zero hatred in my heart when I say it, but these are words that do hurt some people. And here's the thing for the longest time I was like fucking relax. Like I was the guy who was like opposed to changing to not saying them. Cause I'm like, I'm not, I'm not even using it the way you think I'm using it. You know, like what, what does it fucking matter? Like get over it. But then I guess some part of my brain that's a little more enlightened was like, well, look, do you really have to say them? knowing that they can hurt people like even if you don't mean it that way you know is it really that important that you can't just not say it you know and same goes for you know gay retarded any of that shit you know i'm like it doesn't it's it it could hurt someone it's not like it's a word that you can't use a different version of you know so i just think i don't know if you guys can hear that by the way i'm going to switch gears entirely Uh, Jason's downstairs with the fucking music playing way too loud. So I'm just kidding. (laughs) Hopefully I'll find it clears it out. Or you guys are just be frustrated. Like I am this whole episode back to what I was saying. I, uh, I just want to try to get those words out of my vocabulary. They don't, they don't mean what I mean. So why not with my, with my infinitely large brain, use something else. Like, I think that's all it is for me is like, I had so many good conversations this last week. I just don't know if you guys give a fuck. So I had that conversation just saying like these words, I can just get rid of them. You know, as much as I use them all the time, they become habitual and stuff like that. Um, I, I just don't need to say them right. That makes me a better person. Just getting shit like that out of my vernacular. So that's one thing I want to do. I was also talking with, um, uh, fucking, I think I've already forgotten it. I was chatting with Keisha about something this, this week or whatever. We were having conversations about all the people who were upset about stuff. I just, I just lost it. It was a good story. I was so excited to tell you guys about it. What did we talk about? She was saying some stuff too. Ugh, it's gone. If it comes back, I'll know. All I know is we were talking about like, you know, stupid and this and that, all these different words. But uh, we don't need them. We don't need them. Oh, we were talking about how, um, how right now, like, Uh, now Keisha Brownie is, uh, is a black woman. Okay. So just to show a little contrast, right. You know, I bring the, the white and the male perspective to the conversation. She brings the black and the female perspective to the conversation. And we were having a a great, great chat. I fucking love that woman. She's so much fun. And she's super, she's super chill. Like she doesn't take anything too seriously, but she's also like independent. She's strong. She's got a lot of fucking moxie and I respect that. Um, you know, she's like she's not someone who just, uh, she's not agreeable. Like in the sense, she's just going to agree with you for the sake of we're friends, but we will, we will be straight up with each other. I love that. Um, I was saying to Keisha, she was talking about how like the same thing, social justice has gone like crazy far. And she's like, there's some things that she she values and some things that she doesn't. And I was saying how, like, I know that it's not fair to put people in boxes. You know, it's not like all white men or all white women or all black men or all black women or what have you are all the same. And I said, you know, she, we, her and I were talking about how, like right now, um, there's a lot of conversations about how like men are this and men are that and men are bad and blah, blah, blah. And I said, you know what? I really don't have an issue with that. You know, like truly, truly I don't, I'm, I'm egalitarian. I think everybody deserves, as long as everything's fair, I think everyone deserves a turn. Um, like I've said, I'm like, I first 35 years of my life, you know, um, Men were seen as the, the ones on top, not superior or, or better or anything. I just mean the ones in top position of power. Okay. And, uh, and women were, were treated like, you know, a, uh, accessories. They were treated as, as objects. Um, and not saying that's not still happening, but I'm just saying I was never a guy who treated women that way. I was never someone who looked at women as an inferior sex or anything like that. Like I'm not that guy that everyone hates, but I'm in the same box. Cause I look like them. And that's again, That's fine with me. I get that. Now it's now women are in the position where it's like men are the worst and men are all garbage and men are all rapists and, and all this stuff and hashtag me too. And I, I get it. I, I said to Keisha, like, listen, I'm all for, you know, uh, it being women's turn to be on top and to tell us that we're the inferior, you know, I totally think that's fair. I'm egalitarian. I just have an issue with calling it progress. You know what I'm saying? If you're going to swing the pendulum the other way, which it totally should, no problem. Just don't pretend like it's better now. Like that's, that's the progress. It's not when the abused becomes the abuser. That's usually just the pattern of things of that nature, but it's not progress. So that's all I'm saying. So any, I have a lot of incredibly intelligent enlightened women that listen to this podcast. Um, I don't know why, but you do. And just keep that in mind. Um, and also another thing about psychology that's, I, you know, I've learned so much reading these books, um, it hasn't made me any funnier. In fact, I think it's made me a lot less funny. The more I understand about the human condition and everything like that, the less funny I am, the more I'm just like, nah, I can see their pain. Fuck that. I'm taking this filter off, man. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you in a year from now, I'm going to be recording how fucking Josh got his funny back. You know, it'll be a, a beautiful tale about how I went to the Caribbean and fell in love with a black man. And got my my fucking groove back, you know what I'm saying? Um, I'd go on and on about this subject. All I know is that I said to Keisha, I was like, you know what? I think that there's a lot of guys who don't deserve to to feel this way, and I know there's a lot of men who are like, hey, why the fuck are we the bad guys now or whatever? And I just said, I think that it's it's to an extent, it's a little unfair, however. Maybe that's a good thing. Like, obviously, uh, I got I to gotta explain a bunch of things, and I'm trying to figure out what to finish first before I explain something. Listen, white guys listening, if you think it's bullshit, and if you think it's unfair, and if you think, hey, listen, just because my skin's white doesn't mean that I'm the same as all these other bad guys that blah, 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 blah. My position was, well, maybe you should know what that feels like, because that's what happened to, you know. Other minorities and other people, you know, women were treated like they you know, just because of their gender, they were inferior or whatever. So if you happen to be feeling that, that whole, like, this is bullshit, I'm not like that. um, Just use that as something to build empathy on rather than just getting upset and attacking. And I know, I know it's hard because psychologically speaking, when someone feels attacked, they attack back. That's not a myth or a theory. That's just human psychology which is why when you know women get on TV and say men are rapists men are this as men we feel attacked and so we attack back it's stupid keeps these arguments going it's ridiculous so all I'm saying I love I like I love having these conversations we had this conversation and then we went to the the cigar bar I think that was no sorry that was Sunday night uh, I did my show went back to the uh, absolute comedy had these conversations with Keisha had a great time and then uh and then uh, Tommy and Jay and Noreen, everybody came back to the house. We did uh, another whiskey taste in here. So we've just, just been drinking the whisk all week. Um, Yeah, we had a, we had a great time. I had fucking Savit laughing so hard he was red in the face. Jay and him were gambling on hockey. What a good time. I think I did three separate times where I was just s- sipping on whiskey this week. Had a great stick at the cigar bar. Oh, good times. What a good time. Um... Yeah. And then this week, starting yesterday, I started that, uh, that campaign for, uh, an undisclosed e-cigarette company trying to reduce the carcinogens. Anyways. Yeah. I can't, they really don't want me to talk about, uh, the company that I'm working for or whatever, but I am not selling anything. I am merely introducing the product to potential vendors in the future. And that's it. It's a nice little gig. Um, it's supposed to be eight-hour shifts, so Monday, you know, Monday to Friday, nine to five. But I have been banging these things out in less time. Some of the reason is because some of the businesses they're sending me to me have closed down. Uh, so I have fewer visits, but I'm having a great time. It's a great way to make money. I'm making good money and now in even less time. So I'm a happy dude. Um, but that's that's been my week. Drinking whiskey deciding filters fucking coming off. If I want to say something, I'm going to say it. And hopefully you good people out there know that I don't mean anything hurtful by it. The most, the most I mean is to make you laugh. And, you know, at the the least, maybe just to think a little bit what's going on here. Fucking animals out in the hall. Yeah. So. I've decided, you know, uh, I can't live my life trying not to hurt other people's feelings because people's feelings are going to get hurt no matter what that's, they're going to have to have their own fucking journey, man. They're going to have to read themselves a bunch of DK books about psychology, a bunch of books by other publishers about building confidence and how to love yourself and all that. And you're going to have to get through it. But, uh, for now I'm fucking, I'm, I'm banging out the work. I am working every single day for the next three weeks, every single day. Not a day off. You know, and some people, they get like one day off and they're like, oh, if I've been a day off in like a month, yeah, you have you bullshitter. I am working every single day for the next three weeks. That's right. I'm bringing it where you're not. I'm kidding. I don't know. I'm just working a fucking bunch. All right. So my point is my dream of, of writing up comedy, you know, I'm going to have to, uh, put that in like, I haven't already. Uh, on the back burner a little more. So I'm getting the, the fire starting to light under me to, to want to talk about things and, and get on stage and start making jokes. But, uh, clearly I can't just go up there and wing it. And, um, I used to be able to do that guys. I used to have funny things in my head. I can't do that anymore. I got to sit down and actually write them out and try to focus on the funny. So I'll have to find some time to do that. I did something today that made me feel good. Um, I don't know if you guys do this and I don't, I really don't think I told the story. Um, before I, I do this from time to time. It's a good thing. I think you should do it. So here's, here's my disclaimer. All right. I'm going to tell the story, not for the recognition. Okay. Cause that's part of my value of doing this. My, my, you know, commitment to doing it is, uh, but I'm telling you guys to hopefully inspire some of you to do it too. Okay. Just, just random acts of kindness. Like when everyone, you know, when people honk horns at each other in traffic you know, just it pisses off Two strangers fight each other, tell each other fuck off. That's just making the world a slightly worse place in that moment. So these little acts of kindness, I feel, do the opposite. They just make the world just a slightly better place um, from time to time. But but one of my values is that when you do this, you don't do it so you can tell everybody. You don't do it so you can snap a, a fucking Instagram story about it or anything like that. You're not doing it for the recognition, Okay. If you, fuck, you know what, if you have to do it for the recognition, you're still doing something good for someone else. So fine. But if you really want to become a better person and do it for the right reasons, do it. And then don't tell anybody you did it. Um, I'm just, I'm going to, I did it today. And I, like I said, I was on the fence. I didn't tell, I didn't tell anybody to snap any stories or anything like that. Um, I'm telling you guys, like I said, in hopes to encourage you to do the same. And, um, yeah. I mean, who knows how it's like dropping a pebble in a pond. Who knows how far the rings will go. Your actions can make a difference. Um, I, uh, I bought a homeless guy lunch today. Um, I was out doing my thing for, uh, for my e-cigarette company. And, um, and the guy was just like, Hey man, can I, uh, you know, can, do you, do you, do you think I could, uh, have some cash for something to eat? I don't think he asked me for change. I think he said, Hey man, do you have anything to eat? And so my go-to, of course, when you ask for changes, I don't, I don't carry cash or change. Um, when I have it, I give it not a lot, of course, because you never know, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to be the one out there working so I can give someone 20 bucks to go buy a bottle. Like that's not, that's not my thing. I also know that some of the guys that stand at the off ramps of uh, the, uh, you know, the highways and Queensways and things like that, those guys pull in a shitload of money. I think I've talked about this before on the podcast. I can't remember, but there was like one guy when I worked near Domino's who like, I swear to God, he's got like limps in both legs. He's got his arm in a sling cane and like just laying it on so thicker than fucking organic peanut butter with the oil out of it. You know what I mean? He's laying it on so fucking thick. And I'm like, what did you get hit by a comet? You know what I mean? Like just every, everything's broken and he's really hamming up the, and I've seen this guy walk perfectly fine by the way so like i'm just telling you this is laying it on fucking thick but anyways these guys who hang out near the off-ramps and stuff like they clear a shitload of money tax-free you know and all they gotta all they gotta do i don't know if they fucking reinvest it in drama classes or something how do i i want to look like i i got hit by a cannonball in the civil war you know and now i'm just trying to walk it off how do i you know and action I'm bullshitters, every one of them, every one of them, you know, I, I, part of me wants to joke that it's like, well, maybe if you weren't hanging out by the fucking off ramp of a highway, you know, you'll look like you've been hit before and you didn't learn your goddamn lesson. Um, but anyways, I'm not, I, am reluctant to give, you know, m- amounts of cash to these guys because like I said, Hey, I know they're making shitloads loads of money more than we're making depending on what you do. But, uh, yeah, these guys are clearing more than $20 an hour. You know what I mean? Just standing there getting toony here, loony there for my people listening in other countries on Canada's currency. There is a dollar coin that has a loon on it. That's a type of duck, I think. And uh, we call it loony, a loony because of the loon. And then when they invented the $2 coin, they called it the toony. (laughs) Oh, aren't we clever? Um, so yeah, so we don't give them loonies or toonies because they're making good money. I, I don't anyways. But this guy was not, you know, uh, didn't have a hat in front of him and a sign with a sob story on it or anything like that. He was just homeless. And I believe he asked me, I know he didn't ask me for money. That's why I caught myself. Cause I'm like, no, I wasn't, he wasn't asking for money. He said, you know, can I help him get something to eat? And I, I said, I said, I'm sorry, man, I don't have any cash on me. And I was being honest. And then I, and then it registered replayed my brain. And, uh, and I said, I'm sorry, did you say get something to eat? And he said, yeah. And I said, yeah, I can do that. Come with me. And, uh, a few doors down, there was like a little pizza place. I brought him in. I, I said, you guys have slices? They're like, yeah. I'm like, uh, do you want to get a slice? Looked around. I was wearing my internet teeth or I would have sat and I would have joined them. I would have got to know them a little bit. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, uh, that t- couldn't take my teeth out and brush them or anything like that. So no, I skipped, uh, skipped the meals. I work hard. Fuck I'm doing, I'm being a good bitch. But uh, my point is I just, I brought him in. I got the guy a slice of pizza I, uh, I even tipped the, uh, the staff just so they wouldn't give him a hard time about, you know, he's in there. If he wants to sit down out of the cold, eat his food, don't fucking rush him out the door or whatever, you know? So that's it. Just do something nice for somebody, you know, cost me, it cost me five bucks guys to buy a slice and give a couple bucks to the staff, you know, $5 is what a, a Starbucks coffee, you know? And that's if you get like the small one. You can get i co- I'm sorry, you can get a coffee. By the way, this is something random pet peeve. Starbucks coffees, guys, are not $5, all right? The lattes and these big foamy fucking drinks with a thousand ingredients, yeah, those ones are more expensive, all right? The amount of people I've said, like they're like, they like Tim Hortons coffee, and I'm like, ugh, it's gross, I prefer Starbucks. Oh, Starbucks, $5 for coffee. Listen, coffee to coffee, it's $2 for a large at Tim Hortons. It is almost $3 for a large at, um, second, or what do you call it? Starbucks. Okay. Don't give me that. The coffee is leaps and bounds better. It's worth the extra dollar. One fucking dollar. All right. You know, that dollar you pitch to the homeless guy, keep it for yourself. No, I'm kidding. Go against myself. All right. The off-ramp ones. If you're pitching a loony at the off-ramp fucking millionaires, those, those homeless CEOs wandering around there with their fucking tons of offshore bank accounts with all the coins you could possibly like Scrooge McDuck's, you know swimming around in fucking coins. All right. No, you spend that dollar. Don't give it to those fucking drama professors. You, you keep that for yourself. You put that into your goddamn coffee. However, I am encouraging that if you see a homeless guy or whatever, and that's, that wants food, give them a meal. You know, if you can walk into a place and buy him a burger or something like that, you know, you don't have my, I understand that for some people that could be scary. But I'm just saying they're usually not sitting in the middle of some industrial area. They're usually somewhere where there's stores or something, you know, run into the convenience store, grab them a bag of chips and a bottle of water. You know what I mean? What's going to What's that going to cost you? Three bucks, four bucks, you know? And then, like I said, just do it to do something good for your family. I'm not talking about every time you walk by a homeless guy. I'm just saying once in a while, you know, a few bucks for somebody in need. You know, I, I remember I did this in Montreal a while back and I didn't. Didn't talk about it then uh, I had the podcast, but I didn't talk about it then. Cause like I said, I wasn't trying to, I don't think I talked about it. I watched me fucking pat myself. I never talked about it. I don't bring it up. Okay. Like, yeah, you totally fucking told us about it. Well, I'm going to tell you again then if that's the case. But I, uh, I, I bought, uh, you know, I bought a homeless guy, uh, a coffee and a donut. And all I did was I, I saw the guy outside asking for change for something to eat. And I just went into the Tim Hortons and I just said, listen, if I buy a medium coffee and a donut uh, and give the receipt to the homeless guy outside. Can he come back in here and get, you know, like whatever coffee, whatever donut? They're like, yeah, of course. So that's what I did. I said, I paid for a coffee donut. I, I walked outside, I hand the receipt to the guy and I said, this is good for a coffee and a donut. You go in and you pick whatever one you want. I don't know what you take in your coffee. I don't know what kind of donut you like, but I go, this is for you. Go inside and and show it to them. They're going to give you whatever, whatever coffee. And he was like, thanks man. Thank you. And you know, that shit, like what, what's that? That was like three bucks, but you know, This is like the hippie shit that I'm reading. Here's, here's the thing. If I could, if I can make one difference, I don't give a fuck if you don't care about anything else in this, episode. 40 minutes. I remember looking down, it was 17 minutes going, wow, I'm done talking about last week. This is this, I'm blowing through these episodes now. The fuck was that Ottawa weather live. It's freezing. Thanks for the fucking, (laughs) there you go. See, even my, my Apple products are trying to bring me down. I'm talking about making the world a better place. Why are you reminding me that it's freezing? I'm inside. Check my location. I know you're keeping fucking tabs on me. You see where I'm at. I'm at home. I'm inside. Pants off. You tell me it's freezing outside. Ruin my fucking day. Which also means that I have the Wi-Fi and the iPad so we can get interrupted with that at any point. All right. I'm all over the fucking map here. What was I saying? Oh, these hippie books I read, Becoming a Better Person. Here's the thing. If if you take nothing away from this podcast today other than this, just know Whatever is going on in somebody else's life, we don't know. All right. For the most part, you know, friends and family, of course, but you know, some stranger who maybe cut you off in traffic or pulled some bonehead mistake, you know, rather than just fucking laying on the horn and telling them to go fuck themselves, you know, you don't know what kind of day someone could have. Somebody could have just got like, I mean, I know this is going extreme, but just, just varying degrees of someone could have been just told that they had cancer they're on their way home from the doctor, their heads in the clouds because they just got given their fucking death stamp, you know? Um, and they make a fucking mistake in traffic, you know, I'm not talking about speeding and then slamming into like, there's certain levels of accountability, but somebody does something a little stupid, doesn't quite pay attention to whatever makes a mistake. Don't fucking don't eat their lunch, man. Like the, probably the last thing that they need to feel is that like everybody in around hates them or whatever, or that they're fucking You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying we just never know what's going on in someone else's life. So someone makes a mistake or whatever, you know, just, and, and how much better are you making the world by just turning into an asshole and, and making them feel bad, right? Like at the end of the day, what's to be gained from making another human being feel bad. Doesn't make, it shouldn't make you feel better to make someone else feel bad. Shouldn't make you feel better. If it does, then that's on you. You know, that's something that maybe you should look into, but, um, all I know is that kind of thing has, has been a big difference for me. It's Again, it's made me a lot less funny because man, when I used to try to tear a strip of people, I'd come up with some funny lines, but at the end of the day, I know that, you know, making, making, that's what bullies do, man. You make five people laugh and ruin some one person's fucking day. It's that's not worth it. That's not a good trade, you know? Well, that's, that's all I'm trying to say is, uh, when you're out there fucking doing your thing and angry, you don't know what people have been through and what's to be gained by making the world a worse place by, by just shitting on somebody, somebody, somebody fucks up. Just try to be empathetic. You know, for forgiveness is uh is a really cool thing. You know, I used to get into it with people fucking just dumb shit, dumb shit. Somebody, somebody jumps in front of you at the, the gas pump or something like that. Just get out and I, You know, yelling, what the fuck is your problem? It's like, at the end of the day, you know, I make mistakes now and I apologize. I just apologize, even if it's not really my fault, just to diffuse it, you know? And I've had people be very kind afterwards. You know, they get a little excited and it's like, you know what? I'm very sorry. I apologize for making that mistake. You know, I, I didn't mean it, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I know that sounds ridiculously easy, but you'd be surprised how much just a little bit of fucking accountability... I think, uh, it's the book, the, um, one of them, the, uh, the, the subtle art of not giving a fuck where they say, just try to take as much responsibility if you can, even if something's not your fault, just to see how empowering it is to try to make yourself responsible for something that isn't because you get to, you get to look at things in a different way and, and open yourself up to new possibilities and new perspe- perspectives and things like that. Just even to see new perspectives, doesn't mean you have to adopt them, but just to see different perspectives by trying to make yourself accountable for everything. That's also for the record. Oh, look at me like Tony Robbins, except with no focus or direction. I don't know if you guys know this, but there's a saying that says in order to solve a problem or the first, the first, uh, step in solving a problem is acknowledging there is one. Okay. So a lot of people don't change. In the social justice wars. You're yelling at somebody like me, like former me. Who's like, what are you getting mad at me for saying retard for? Like, I'm not even, I'm not saying the person has down syndrome, you know, I'm just I'm just saying it's fucking stupid like you know, that I didn't, you know, someone someone comes at me and you're just going to be defensive. You know? But I'm saying that if if you recognize something that, you know, you know, hey, like this this is a problem, like I've gotten to, you know what? This does hurt people needlessly, right? It's not like this is a word that that is going to cost me financially if I get rid of. It's a word that just basically guarantees me that I don't hurt anybody. Like, that's the way I look at it now. I love, you know what? Fucking retarded is great. There's such a release and there's such, it's such a very strong word to describe something. You know, if you're like, what are you fucking retarded? Like, but it doesn't make, you know, I'm not making money from saying it. I'm not going to lose money by not saying it, but I guarantee that I don't hurt people by saying it. So what's wrong with that? Right. So for starters, the problem is Josh, you use a word sometimes that hurts people or that upsets people or makes them uncomfortable. Right. So in order for me to move forward with that, to, you know, it's to go, yeah. Recognizing that, yeah, I don't need to say that it's not important and I can get rid of it. Uh, another town hall meeting, uh, that's what I call them when everybody starts chatting outside the fucking bedroom. We have our town hall meetings outside. It's usually, usually it's around one man podcast recording time. Um, anyways, so this, this whole, you know, recognizing, you know, solving a problem, first step is recognizing there is one that's, uh, that's a good thing, you know, just recognize a problem. But that, but what's cool about that too, is that a lot of people like, here's the thing. I don't know if you guys know this, I'm going to share with you. <laughs> I'm going to share, let me, can I be honest with you? Can I be honest with you? Um, one of the things is, uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but, um. When people are are trying to say, like, oh, it's not my fault, it's this, they make excuses, um, they're trying to not be accountable for it, right, and to not be to blame for it. And and the reason we do that is that when we're not responsible for it or it's not our fault or whatever it is, it means we're not in control of it. And if we're not in control of it, there's no way we can change it, right? I mean, hey, I, I, I can't can't do anything different because it's not my fault because I'm you know I can't it wasn't my fault it's not in my control and a lot of people when there's things in their lives that they don't like or whatever it's easier for them to to try to pretend like there's nothing that they can do about it right because when you don't there's nothing you can do about it you don't have to change it and the fun thing about being accountable right is is trying to be accountable for things is it's actually empowering that's why another part of that aspect of of being accountable for everything is it gives you power. It sucks to feel like oh shit, I might be doing something wrong, but if you stop and think, well wait a second, if it's if I'm the one doing it, if it's my fault, if I'm accountable for it, if I'm the one that it means I'm in control and that means I can change it. So if you look for things in every different scenario of your life and you're like, "Oh, how can how can I be responsible for this? Like I got an employee who's late all the time. What how could this be my fault?" you know, and you look for it and you can try to find you find you start to find aspects of it that you're in control of and things that you can you know, change and whatnot. I'm not saying that you could fix, you can't change anybody else. Okay. I still stand behind that. I'm just saying that it makes it a little bit easier to figure out what things you're actually able to change and and what other people are able to change. It's just empowering, man. Like you don't changing yourself and aspects of yourself doesn't have to feel disempowering it can feel really good. I know I've made a lot of, of positive changes in my life as soon as I was like, okay, if I'm accountable for everything, that means I'm in control of everything and that means I can change everything. You know, having feeling like you're in a position where you can make the changes is pretty fucking cool. But I digress. I mean, I still have a ton of things. Like guys, I'm responsible for my fucking weight. I'm responsible for what I eat. I'm responsible for all these things. Doesn't mean it's gonna change right away. Just being responsible and acknowledging that you're accountable for it doesn't mean it's gonna change. It just means that you have a very big hurdle that you don't have to overcome in order to solving that problem. You've already done the first step, which is acknowledging that it's there and knowing who's accountable for it. And then it's empowering because you know that if you want to make a change, cool, that's entirely up to you. All right. Yakety yak, yak, yak. I, uh, probably lost everyone, uh, listening. So having said that, this is, I thought this was a comedy podcast, some fucking guy preaching shit we already know through and through it. Well, fuck you then, huh? ha. <laughs> That's my message to you right after saying, be good to everyone. Don't get upset. I don't even know it. I'm just sitting here insecure that you guys don't like me being serious and not funny. As I continuously sip water around my internet teeth. Um, yeah. So do that. Buy lunch for a homeless guy. Stop making your problems. Everybody else's, (laughs) you know, take accountability for your shit. Uh, take my advice. I'm not using it. How about that? No. Um, that was my week guys. All right, just have a, just be good to people. Everyone makes mistakes. Smoke cigars, drink whiskey, all sorts of good messages that I got in there. Guys, it is time for my partners at PortablePress.com. Uncle John's Bathroom Readers. And this week, speaking of everyone makes mistakes, I picked an article. I love reading these. All right, this is uh, from Uncle John's awe-inspiring bathroom reader. The article's called Oops. All right, everybody makes mistakes, guys. Everyone makes mistakes. Some of them are particularly funny and they may even put them in a book, which will really fuck with your self-esteem if you weren't consenting to the story being publicized. So, Uncle John's Onspiring Bathroom Reader, this article is called Oops, and I'm trying to flip the page, but it's like too far, too close, too far, too close, too far, too close, too far. Come on, you fuck. All right. Article's called Oops. Everyone enjoys reading about someone else's blunders, so go ahead and feel superior for a few minutes. The opposite of the message I just said, you know what, just pay attention to the mistakes and try not to make them yourself. There. Cut it out. Lynn Thomas was working on a home improvement project when he cut through a gas main requiring the entire street to be evacuated. Moments after the gas engineers left, he went back to work and promptly broke a water main flooding his and his neighbor's properties. That's from the UK Mirror. Gets rid of plaque, a plaque intended to honor deep voiced actor, James Earl Jones at Lauder Hill, Florida, uh, Lauder Hill, Florida's 2002 celebration of Martin Luther King day caused city officials, incredible embarrassment. Somehow the plaques maker inscribed this instru- extremely incorrect message. Thank you, James Earl Ray for keeping the dream alive. Ray was the man convicted of assassinating King in Memphis, Tennessee in 1968 I don't think the guy who assassinated him was called James Earl Ray, because that would have been way too fucking close. Um, But yeah, so thank you, James Earl Ray, for keeping the dream alive, but he killed him. That's from abcnews.com. What a tangled web we weave. A married couple in Beijing, China, ended up brawling after realizing they had unwittingly courted each other over the internet. After a month of secret online flirting, the man arranged to meet up with his mystery girlfriend, only to discover it was actually his wife. He had known only her username i want you. They each agreed to carry a certain newspaper to identify themselves but were shocked when they came face to <laughs> face face to face and started fighting in the street. Passerby eventually alerted security guards who had to separate the two from ananova.com. That's so funny. And it's Beijing, China, so they had like one of those Chinese fights like ninjas, you know what I mean? They just start bang 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 start fighting each other. Do that immediate recognition zoom in. I don't know if you've ever seen a Chinese action film. But it's so fucking funny the way they just look at it. Oh, the eyes go wide, zooms in on their face. Oh, they start fighting like crouching tiger shit, crouching tiger, hidden drag queen style. Drag, dragon, crouching tiger, hidden dragon. (laughs) Drag queen. (laughs) Yeah. Crouching tiger, hidden dragon. Just start kicking at each other, flying up through the airs, running across rooftops, kept fighting each other. Husband and wife. Oh, that would have been funny. They should do a fucking sketch of that, but just do it that way. Do you know what I mean? Say, oh, quack 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 quack! Do the funny little newspaper attacks on each other. What the fuck is going on? Ugh! Phone, iPad, and watch all go off at the same time. All right, back to people's blunders. Traveling light. In 1986, an Orion Airways chartered jetliner took off from Birmingham, England, carrying 100 passengers to the Greek island of Crit. C-R-E-T-E, crete, crete. A few minutes into the flight, the captain announced the plane had to return to the Birmingham airport. Technical difficulties? No, they forgot the luggage. That's from Kickers, all the news that didn't fit. Don't ask, don't tell. Uh, It was the law in the ancient Greek city of uh, Amicle, Amicle? Uh, to hold one's tongue. The Amicleans had often panicked when they heard rumors That the powerful Spartan army was coming. So, to put an end to defeatism, a law was passed forbidding rumors. Violators were to be executed. When the Spartans actually did appear, no one had had the courage to report it, and the city was overcome without a fight. Amazing lost history is the source for that one. A taxing experience. Eager to spread the word of the Bush administration's $1.3 tax cut in 2001, the IRS sent more than half a million notices to taxpayers informing them they were going to receive the maximum possible tax cut refund check, when in fact they weren't. Officials placed the blame on a computer program. What we're doing now, the IRS announced when the goof was discovered, is working to get a corrected notice out to the taxpayers, all 523,000 of them. That's it. There's only five in the entire United States. There's only 523,000 taxpayers working to quick notice of of Yeah. I don't know. That's stupid. The Denver post going batty. Hopefully you guys understood more to that than I did. Uh, going batty, a man trying to warn sleeping relatives about a fire in their garage at four in the morning was mistaken for a burglar and beaten with an aluminum baseball bat. Police said, Joe, leave it. Florence, Alabama, who was visiting his parents, suffered bruises to the back and a gash to the head that required stitches, MSNBC. Finally, can't pull the wool over their eyes. According to British researchers, five years of studying sheep brains to determine if mad cow disease may have jumped species must now be thrown out because someone mislabeled the brains. They were studying cow brains the whole time. Oh, cow brains and sheep brains. (laughs) They're like, do sheep? I get it. Okay. Well, that was oops, guys. The running feat from this article is Fat City. Uh, each employee at Ben and Jerry's headquarters gets three pints of free ice cream a day. Three pints a day. Jesus Christ. Uh, smallest, shallowest ocean on earth, the Arctic Ocean. All right. And that, guys, is my partner at portablepress.com, Uncle John's Bathroom Readers. That was oops. That was oops from the awe inspiring bathroom reader. And I'll tell you this, guys. They have got all sorts of bathroom readers. The onspiring was the 15th bathroom reader edition this year, I believe marked the 30th annual old faithful. No, sorry. This year was the 31st. So that was almost half their life ago. You know, I'd like to think I'm halfway through my life, but I don't think I'm making it to 72, not in the condition that I'm in. So, uh, you know, Hey, here's half their life. Hopefully I'm half mine. <laughs> um, next up guys, my partner's at absolute Comedy. Right, they got clubs in Kingston, Ottawa, Toronto. Check out absolutecomedy.ca to find out more. Absolute Comedy is the best live stand-up comedy from across North America with locations in Kingston, Toronto, and Ottawa, Ontario. These comedians have been featured on Just for Laughs, Netflix, Comedy Central, CBC's The Debaters, Jimmy Kimmel Live, Conan, The Comedy Network, and much, much more. Go to absolutecomedy.ca to see this week's lineup. And we're back. Um, yeah. Uh, what else have we got going on? Right. Got partners. I got one more partner. Did I forget him? No, I did not. On the same episode that I've been talking about drinking several different drinking episodes, uh, for myself, not episodes of the podcast, of course, but just lots of different drinking. Well, my partner's guys at DK, Dorling Kindersley, they have put out a fantastic book. Is it about drinking three nights a week, Josh? No, but it's about wanting to drink three nights a week. Um, actually, no, this book, (laughs) this is a great book. I've been meaning to get to it for a while. I just want to make sure that I gave it its due due time. And, and, um, I I wanted to make sure that I would gotten a chance to read a reasonable amount of it first. And it's going to seem odd to some of you, but it is right up the alley of a lot of my close friends. Guys, DK has released an outstanding book called what's my child thinking practical child psychology for modern parents. It's for ages two to seven. Okay. And this book is really, really, really cool. Speaking of psychology, maybe that's why it was in my head so much this week. You know, I, I, I factor a lot of psychology in all the time, but this book is great. The way it's broken down is it's basically, there's a great intro in it. It's great telling you about how your child's mind works and things like that. But uh, the book is basically a bunch of scenarios with flow charts showing you sort of what your child says. And then what you like, what your child says, and then what you might think or say as response, and then what they think or, or, or what have you as a response to what you say. And all the different things that can be going on between your child and you. And of course, they break down the scenarios, these different scenarios into the age group that they're in. All right. So it's from two to seven, but a lot of scenarios are for two to three year olds, four to five year olds, six to seven year olds, just breaking it down and what, when they're saying something, what it means to them, why it is that they're reacting that way. And, The first chapter starts off with a really great sort of exercise for parents. The first chapter is called, what do I want for my child? Uh, Sorry, or what do you want for your child? And it's kind of cool because it's, uh, again, it's a great book that's very uh, woke (laughs) in the sense that they do refer to he and she at times, and they do refer to, you know, mother and father at times. But the entire book they've said is designed for anyone who's single parent, who's co-parenting for gay, straight. And uh, transgendered couples, um, also for for friends and teachers, you know, for caregivers and things like that. So it's not designed, you know, if you're one of those. Let's put it this way: if you're one of those people I was talking about earlier, who's just sitting around, you're one of those animals in the prison, just trying to snatch and anybody who walks by to make you know give them shit for something. Don't. All right, this book's not designed for that. It's designed to help everybody's. But going back to what I was saying before, is the mm-hmm. the first um, section gives you exercises. So if you are co-parenting, um, there's a great exercise in the beginning that just talks about your own childhood experiences. And it basically encourages both parents to sit down and answer these questions. There's a series of questions in the book that will basically see, um, what your experiences were like, and it might add to some of your you know values of parenting. Then they have exercises for exactly that for your values. So you sort of sit down and together, you answer another series of questions that show what values are important to you. And it'll actually help you get an idea rather than just trying to parent and think, okay, we just going to solve this problem, whatever it is. It gives you an idea as to sort of what kind of, uh, person you're, you're, you're hoping to, you know, raise and cultivate and, and, and build a, you know, to build a value structure on. So they teach you how to be your child's emotional coach and everything like that. Um, they talk about the good enough parent, which is an interesting thing. Uh, You know, it's an interesting subject, but I like, again, as usual, it doesn't just go into things. It will give you some background and it really does want to help you. And they don't, they never take the approach that, Hey, here's what your kid needs. They, they acknowledge that kids are different. Kids are unique. And they say, nobody knows your family better than you do. So they're not here to tell you, here's what your kid, here's what your kid thinks. Like they're not like, they're not pretending to be the expert on your family. You are the expert on your family. They're trying to give you ideas of how the psychology behind certain actions and reactions. Um, so each page and each section gives you a scenario and they have flow charts. They tell you different things. So I want to give you guys an example and then I'll move the fuck on with the podcast because I know no one likes hearing me read the books over and over and over, but it's interesting to look at sort of each section and, uh, and see how it goes. So, um, here's an example. It's a four to five year old. So right in the middle, um, saying, look what I did. It says your four or five-year-old will be very clear about wanting you to take notice of her and what she does. So again, in this particular case, they're using she, all right, they, they switch it up around in the book. It's fair to everybody. Uh, wanting you to take notice of what her, she does. We all have fundamental psychological need for recognition, but children especially need lots of positive attention for healthy cognitive and emotional development. So the scenario, your child has just finished her favorite puzzle. She says, look what I did. You might think I have so much to do. Why does she want me to see that again? What she's thinking, your approval is really important to me. So again, your attention, praise, and unconditional love are the biggest influences on your child. So what they do is through the flow chart, it'll have, she says, look what I did. Underneath, she is desperate for you to come over and look at it immediately. We are programmed from birth to need recognition and be acknowledged by others. This is one of the key building blocks of self-worth. You might think I have so much to do. Why does she want me to see that again? Whether or not your child has achieved something new is irrelevant. She can't help but crave your recognition. Interruptions can be irksome, but if you show that you're angry or irritated, then she might seek attention instead of by misbehaving. Your loving attention is what's needed now. And then of course, back to what she's thinking, your approval is really important to me. Not only does your child want your attention, but she also needs your social approval. Children have a built-in radar to detect praise that doesn't sound genuine or intended. She'll process any lack of sincerity or distraction by, uh, by being glued to your phone, for instance, as rejection. So now it goes to the how to respond situation. So in the moment, one, manage unavoidable delays. If you can't stop immediately to respond to your child, maybe because you're making dinner or on an important call, tell her I'll come over as soon as I've, and then keep your word. You may want to suggest something she can do while she's waiting for you to finish. Two, notice what she's done right. Instead of just reeling off another good job, take a moment to notice what she's done or refer to something specific. I really like the colors in your jigsaw or what a fun picture three show unsolicited approval from time to time, offer encouraging words, even when she isn't asking for it directly. For example, if you notice her playing well or being cooperative, frequent bursts of attention and comments during the day will help build her confidence and self-belief as well as discover exactly what sort of behavior you want to see. So in the long-term, avoid delaying tactics. I'm busy. Wait a minute. Chances are a minute will turn into several minutes and the opportunity may pass. Not stopping at that moment means you're repeatedly denying her calls for attention. Such an approach can knock her confidence and self-belief and make it work for you. You don't always have to sit down and play to give your child positive attention. It's your attention and recognition. She wants, uh, she will also love copying you and doing whatever it is you're doing. Enjoy such quality moments. And then what I like about this book is that at the same time, it'll say, see related topics. You're always too busy and you promised. Okay. So, and then it tells you the relative pages to go back to those scenarios. So the book is great. There's over a hundred scenarios in the book of things that can happen and the psychology behind it. So again, in this case, your kid's always like, Hey, look what I did for, for us. I know what it's like. It's like, Hey Josh, when, when Michaela and Brody were growing up, sometimes we're like, Hey, look at this. Hey, look at that. And you're just like, that's nothing. You just look and you go, Oh, cool. And then they're happy. And then you go back to it. But it's, but so again, this book is basically letting you know, that like, the reason that they want you to look, is not just because they, they want your recognition. They want your approval. They want that, you know, it's, and it's helpful to them. They basically feel accepted. And it builds their confidence. So One example of many why this book is fantastic, why each and every one of you motherfuckers that are my friends that keep reading, you won't fucking stop. Um, No, I'm just saying, get this book. What's my child thinking? Practical child psychology for modern parents. Great fucking book. All right, by my partners at DK, Dorling Kindersley. Those motherfuckers that I love so much. Uh, And now it is time for touch and go. Huh? Who will I touch and who's gonna go? Anybody gonna be here at all? Just singing Well, I hook up the phone to the fucking recorder. Hey, all right. Let's see if Simon's available. I want to give Simon a call because Simon and I got good and drunk and he's been begging to be on the podcast. So let's see if Mr. Staline, I know he's working at the club, so let's see if he answers his phone. Doubtful. He will, um, where the fuck is his number? There we go. Again, he's working. I doubt he'll answer, but I'll tell him I tried.
1: Hi, you're excited. How are you? Please leave your comment. I'm oh. an idiot.
0: All right, let's try the Tommy Lama. What time is it? Oh, it's 8.20. He's getting on stage in fucking five minutes. I don't think he's going to answer either. Man. So who can I call? You know, I can call my buddy Nick Perome. Let's call Nick. I was transferring comics for Nick. Nick got me all sorts of comic books on a hard drive. So I'm going to give Nick a call and see how he's doing. Maybe, Maybe I'll get Nick to... Tell us his thoughts on Captain Marvel, huh? Captain Marvel's a great movie. Hopefully Nick's available. Hello? There he is. Nick Perot. Welcome to the One Man Podcast, buddy. How you doing?
1: Uh, I'm doing okay. How you doing?
0: I'm good. I do. Uh, I'm recording my segment. It's a little touch and go. Every week I call someone, see how they're doing. Talk to them for a few minutes. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that's you right now we're recording. Uh,
1: uh, okay. Just
0: letting, just, I, I don't warn anyone ahead of time, but I do make it abundantly clear that it is being recorded. Just a heads up. Oh. Um, I wanted to, uh, to tell you that i uh, finally completed that task. I can't believe that the, about three hours turned into 24 hours,
1: <laughs>
0: but, uh, but yeah, the, both the, uh, DC and Marvel, um, folders are on, uh, one of those drives for you. Nice. Yeah, man. So what's new and exciting with you? What's going on with you? Tell the listeners.
1: Oh God. Where, where do I even start with that? Um, well, this could be a very special episode about the importance of mental health.
0: <laughs> well, I don't <laughs> know if we have enough time for all that. They have to listen to my mouth mental health issues all the time.
1: Oh, well, uh, no, I've been, uh, I spent some time, uh, away from comedy for, uh, during the winter months because, uh. Been dealing with uh, anxiety and depression, and on and off all sorts of different wonderful anti-anxiety medications, and uh, you know it's it's been a been a rough couple of months because of that. As it's trying to figure out, like uh, you know, trying to get back on track, going back to work—that's a possibility, maybe. You're going back to work, maybe. I mean, I got to deal with all these evaluations. It's it's a fun part about being away from work for so long is that uh, even though it's looking like I got to come, I got to go back to work, they got to make sure that I'm still mentally capable to do it. So same job. Uh, more or less boring government shit, you know.
0: Oh, wow. Well, everyone on the podcast knows I have no interest in doing those those jobs. So thank God you might be doing them instead of me.
1: <laughs> no, I'm joking. Oh, yeah. well, it's uh, basically, yeah, it's the job they're going to have me doing is basically making sure programs work properly. Hooray. It sounds really riveting, but yeah, it, sounds awful. it pays the bills, right? <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely. I uh, wanted to ask you, because you're my, you're my comic book guy. Um, I have seen it and I assume you have too, because you shared, uh, an article on it. Um, I gave a probably a piss poor, uh, review of, uh, Captain Marvel. Uh, why don't you, uh, why don't you tell people what you thought of Captain Marvel? You do, uh, usually write, do you still write for, um, for a comic, uh, website?
1: Uh, I used to write for fandom.com. I started writing for a website called Trouble City, which I've kind of slowed down a bit on that, but, uh, I actually... I have not i've yet to see Captain Marvel, <laughs> oh really, yeah, yeah going going to the theater is a little difficult for me right now uh just being in large crowds in, in general it's 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 not a it's not a fun thing for me right now, so I don't tend to go to the theaters as as often as I'd like, and it's usually when like the movie's about finished, it's run, and like the theaters are empty, so I don't have to deal with other people but
0: <laughs> True. Going during the uh, day works too.
1: That's when I sleep. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Fair. Um. But you know, my my thoughts on it. I mean, I I suppose I could, you know, kind of comment on you know kind of the internet's reaction to the movie. And I mean, when you're dealing with a movie of this nature, where you have a strong female lead and the current attitudes in, in nerd culture. I mean,
0: <laughs> my, my, what, are, uh, what are the current attitudes in nerd culture? That sounds fascinating.
1: Oh, it's a festering cesspool of just entitled pieces of shit who, uh, expect something from create. I, and you know, this is, this is, this isn't me speaking out my ass. I mean, I've had, I've had many, 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 very painful one-on-one conversations with, with, uh, people in nerd culture just just by virtue of working at comic book conventions over the last decade and it's just dealing with these people one-on-one and it, it's just a lot of a lot of entitlement and then and then you've got the uh you know the toxic masculinity if you if you want to give it a you know buzz phrase i've never uh, found the
0: comic book nerds at conventions to to reek of toxic masculinity they reek
1: but it's, well, no, it's yeah, I time. mean, they, there's there's definitely a contingent that have that has hygiene problems. But uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I mean, in terms of is, is it is it something that that you outright see at conventions? Not so much. I I think that's more more of the reclusive, stay in mom's basement type of uh, nerd. Because I mean, when they express themselves on the internet, there's a there's a certain degree of anonymity. Right Uh, in in what they're saying so when you go to a convention i mean it's and and i mean most most conventions are trying to uh uh, purvey this atmosphere of like it's it's a safe space so no harassment no this no that
0: people harass at conventions
1: um i can't i can't speak for any any like personal like experiences i've seen myself but some conventions, like uh, when there when there was that that initial kind of like pop culture boom, uh, now comic book conventions are are less kind of like this reclusive nerd thing and more of like a generally accepted part of 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 the of of culture. So now it's like pretty much anybody and uh, anybody is into it now. So it's not just like the nerdy guys who who, uh, you know, couldn't play sports in high school now it's everybody men women children it's it's more socially acceptable than it it was when i was in high school um and uh so
0: there's all those cosplayers uh, there now too so all the
1: the recluses
0: uh, who are afraid of women are like girl run
1: (laughs) well i mean i mean it was it it was i can see most of her boobs <laughs> <laughs> it it's more it was more the attitude that uh i mean cosplayers in particular dealing with harassment so you know like women are are dressed up as you know whatever character and that character you know depending on what your opinion is on, on what is considered you know appropriate attire you know some of the outfits are you know uh what's what's the right word i'm looking for here um (laughs) i'm I'm not helping you with that one uh risque yeah risque is fine but But it's like
0: it's like what she's asking for it nick is that what
1: you're saying no 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 no, absolutely (laughs) absolutely not but but you know like some of these some of these uh some of the unwashed as i'll i will refer to them as that's funny um they, you know, they have this attitude that, oh, hey, you're dressed in a skimpy outfit, so therefore I can objectify you, and that's, and I mean, that's totally wrong.
0: Are you having a second cigarette right now?
1: <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Remember, kids, smoking is good for you. <laughs> but, but, um, but no, the the attitude is, and you know, when when you take a look at at, at the comic book industry as it was in like before this, this sudden boom in popularity, especially if you take a look at comic books in the nineties, women were just depicted as, uh, you know, sex objects. Like y- you take a look at a lot of, of particularly a lot of the independent comic books of the time, and Marvel and DC kind of followed suit because they figured this was going to be the money maker. But you take a look at the, the comic books that were published in the '90s by like Image Comics or Chaos or uh, Vampirella. There's always women in skimpy outfits with impossibly large breasts. Uh, their nipples were always always poking out of their costumes. So there, there's all always this sort of an
0: erection right now no
1: <laughs> good that was my intent <laughs> that's what i was that's what i was hoping for i'm like go oh, on um, this is
0: like 50 shades of nerd right now
1: yeah so, well and, and and i mean that was that was kind of can i ask you a question like,
0: about comic books nick yeah how come in jap uh japanese comic books there's always like schoolgirls with horns and tails getting fucked by aliens with 12 cocks
1: that's oh you're speaking a... you're speaking specifically of hentai uh which is oh, just, <laughs> it, it's just it's just i mean that's just a uh another <laughs> uh, another kink really it's this it's just a form of pornography but when you when you um when you take a look at at, at Japanese culture though in terms of like
0: is that what happens um, like are is this is is this a an unsung thing like people this is this a real problem in Japan these school girls are getting fucking octopus raped all the time and there's nobody doing anything about it
1: well, I don't, uh, to be honest, <laughs> I, I don't have my finger Is on that. Is octopus oh,
0: raped the proper terminology? <laughs> I'm joking. That's not funny, but it's also not happening. And why do no. they have horns? Why do they have horns and tails? I feel like that oh, someone's my. like, I want to fuck a chick, but I kind of want her to look like a goat at the same time. Can she have horns and a tail?
1: I, you know, a lot of, a lot of the, yeah, because a lot of like anime and stuff like that, that you've got, there's a lot of uh depictions of women in schoolgirl girl assets or with horns or tails or you know kind of anthropomorphic uh characteristics to them um i just i would i would strike that up a- a- as uh modern myth building really um but also at the same time uh when it comes to when it comes to Japanese culture, I mean they don't necessarily have the same attitudes towards uh, uh, the human body. Oh. The, <laughs> uh, the human body. I was gonna say so, like the the idea, like if you if you open up, let's say an issue of Dragon Ball, okay, uncut uh, Japanese Dragon Ball. There's there's uncut, a chance, like you might-
0: uncircumcised.
1: no actually goku is not circumcised but um (laughs) I'll, i'll just toss that out there but i mean there there are issues with dragon ball you open up and there's like there's like a kid wearing no clothes his dick's out but it's i mean the attitude there is like well it's a child it's not a sexual thing and that's kind of that's kind of like the attitude there or the idea that like bare breasts, well, hey, it's titillating, but it's not exactly scandalous. So, I mean, their their ideas of 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 nudity are uh, not quite as um, restrained as as the North American culture. Like,
0: and that's why you haven't gone to see Captain Marvel yet.
2: <laughs> 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 Just bringing um, it around back home, Nupkin. No,
0: Uh, you were talking about the nerd the nerd culture about like the 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 toxic masculinity and stuff like that so it's is it usually directed at the the cosplaying chicks
1: um i think is it's directed at women in general um and oh really like you're you're not supposed to be here you're a girl yeah uh so female fans female creators cosplayers the whole line like there's I mean, if, if you take a look on on like the 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 message boards and, and stuff like that about comic books, there's a lot of griping and hemming and hawing about how, uh, let's say, for example, uh, because Marvel is creating or promoting a lot of stories where it's a female lead or it's a female version of a character that was traditionally male or if it's a character who like a uh, uh, Miles Morales the new Spider-Man uh because he's half half uh black half Hispanic or um you know things that are things that have been uh, that kind of shake up the old status quo right. a lot of fans get really defensive because in their in their worldview, it's like, well, white manly men are the ones that are heroes, and this is just smacking of political correctness and whatever. I honestly, I think I think that argument is bullshit. Um, it's not it, it's not a sign of political correctness at all. Um, do you think Do you think any of these companies give a shit about political correctness? No, they're I do. just in it. I, um, I, I I think they're in they're in it for um, whatever is most profitable and yes n- now now that it's it's becoming uh, a huge a huge part of the uh, of popular culture and I mean you take a look back you know 10, twenty years ago um, the attitudes were like well comic books are only for teenage males so that's that's the only market they they cater to right and now it's 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 the point where it's like oh hey other demographics are are interested in in these sorts of this this type of media so i mean the idea that um you know you have um comics now where like oh you've got a female thor or you know uh wonder woman's a man that would be kind of cool actually i think that would be
0: hilarious (laughs) it's it's still (laughs) called wonder woman (laughs) yeah yeah
1: oh yeah um and uh, I mean, the idea is like, yeah, I mean, the the companies, I mean, they're getting writers and and, and talent in that, um, you know, are I mean, the, those people are kind of socially uh, conscious and, and socially um, kind of with the times, so to speak. So like when you have like, you know, a Captain Marvel series comes out and it's and it's a female writer. And as a female, uh, probably a better example would be Miss Marvel, uh, the new one, Camila uh, Khan, who is uh, who is Muslim and um, the, the writing team fit with uh, the character. Because, I mean, the, the whole point is to write a believable character. Well, how are you going to write a believable character than hiring people who've kind of lived that sort of experience. So, I mean, not the superhero part, obviously, but you know, you know, the, the the, alter ego part, the alter ego. Exactly. And so, I mean, for the company, it's, it's a moneymaker for them, but also at the same time, they're not just, you know, using the same people to write, try to write stories about these sorts of characters, because a lot of their, you know, stable of writers, don't have those life experiences. They, they, you know, predominantly white male writers, they're not going to be able to, I mean, they could try to capture, uh, the everyday life of a teenage Muslim girl, but it's, it's not going to have that, (laughs) that level of authenticity that actually having somebody who lived that experience do it. right? Right. And, and I mean, there's, there's been experiences or there's been, there's been moments in comic book history where, You know, you've had, you would have a a white male writer try to tackle, you know, those sorts of subjects or those sorts of issues, um, especially, especially racial issues. And, and, you know, some of them, some of them, the narrative actually was what had, had, had some understanding of what that experience was, but in other cases, like a lot of them were like dismal failures, uh, One of the best examples I can give you was uh, in in the I think it was in the 70s, DC Comics tried to answer why in the Legion of Superheroes, which took place in the distant 30th century where everyone still flies rockets and uh, they were trying to explain why, oh, hey, there's no black people around. And they try to write this story about how black people segregated themselves to get away from uh the crazy white people and they all lived on a secret island and uh the legion ends up getting a black character who uh they named uh tyrock t-a-r-u-k or so uq or something like that but i mean the whole idea was like oh well here's why this happened, but it was just so utterly tone deaf and, you know, it was an attempt to be inclusive somehow, but it just ended up being more racist (laughs) than if they just didn't even bother, you know? Um, So, I mean, there's, there's, there's situations like that, or like, you, you know, you read the early, uh, John Stewart, Green Lantern stories and, you know, John Stewart, was a uh, you know jive talking black person from the seventies, and he very different character than than what he is now. And it was just like there was there was a significant level of kind of like tone deafness in terms of like okay, well we're trying to create these characters, and I mean the people who are creating them or, or writing the stories about them just didn't have that that personal experience. They were going by what they knew and what they knew was, was not necessarily a racial
0: stereotype. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I mean, comic books, I mean, when you, when you take a look at comic books now and compare them to, you know, what they were like in, let's say the 1940s. Uh, I mean, there's been tons of progress in terms of like the depiction of, of women, the depiction of, uh, Different ethnicities, uh, even even people of different sexuality or gender, ident- gender identity. Gender identities still kind of new ground when it comes to comic books because you know, I, I off the top of my head, I can't think of any uh, major transgender characters or anything like that that are, are currently. Well,
0: it's still a very volatile subject too. You can't you get anywhere near that one. You can get sucked into the the horrible. People try not to lose their jobs over that shit.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, I mean, like, like a, a, a good example of, like, where we've progressed in terms of, like, uh, depicting people of, of different sexual orientations, um, Marvel Comics' first kind of foray into that was with the the character North Star, who was in Alpha Flight. And uh, when they first introduced the character... Um, the editors at Marvel had uh John Byrne who who wrote the wrote the 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 original run of Alpha Flight downplay this what there was this one uh story where it's heavily implied that Northstar is gay because he had this this special friend who helped him through the awkwardness of his of his teenage years but it it was supposed to be like right up front like this character is gay but they had him downplay it and if you go and you go. I think it's Alpha Flight number eight. I could be wrong. Somebody's gonna. For somebody's anyone probably, who wants
0: to look this, I'm not joking.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's 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 during the original run, and and the way that like they downplayed it, it just sounds kind of creepy because it's like he reconnects with like this older man that like was uh was a mentor to him when he was a teenager. So it it sounds more inappropriate than anything else because because they downplayed it. Um, And then when they finally decided, hey, and this was like in 1991, I think, or early 90s, when they finally decided to like, oh, hey, North Star is gay. He came out of the closet. It was also a story where uh, I I shit you not. uh, They also tried to explain that he wasn't a mutant, but he was a fairy. (laughs) Right. You know, and it's and it's like. Okay, well, I mean, he, that was that was a big thing. Like the character came out of the closet, but then also at the same time, you're introducing him as a fairy. That's funny. Yeah, um, which isn't as it's bad. Like, as like, it's
0: like trying to say, "Hey, we're being progressive," but
1: eh. Yeah, at the same time, he's uh, a little light
0: in a, the loafers, you know.
1: <laughs> it's not as not as bad as DC Comics. They had this character named uh, Cocksmokers. No. <laughs> um, but it was something like Estrano or something, and he was like very flamboyantly dressed. Uh, I think they even they even had his dialogue written in lists. And oh, wow. he was he was also uh, like one of his villains was like a vampire with AIDS. Like it was really bad. Like it was. <laughs> it, it, they
0: later renamed the character Aquaman.
1: Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um so i mean i mean there's been there's been some definite progress especially when you when you you're looking at a, a char- characters of like different ethnicities i mean uh, you take a look, look at luke cage now w- like what the character represents now and who he is he's he's he's, he's uh, portrayed as a um, you know like a, a, a role model to to black youth and, and, you know, he, he represents uh, uh, the struggle against discrimination and adversity that, that black people face in America every day. That's that's what they've turned him into. And that, that was most predominant in the the Netflix series about the character. But if you go back to the 70s, I mean, he was wearing a silk shirt and wearing a tiara and, and speaking and speaking like a, a black exploitation character and just. You know, and this cast of villains were, you know, uh, one of them was, uh, a character named Mr. Fish, who was a stereotypical black pimp from like, you know, you, you watch one of those black exploitation movies from the seventies and like that, that character looked like he walked out of one, but then he falls in the Hudson river and gets exposed to toxic waste and turns into a fish man with incredibly racist lips, uh, and, and this was this was in the seventies. Like, and you, you take a look at the, the the progression that Luke Cage has has gone through over the decades. Every decade of Luke Cage, he basically was like conforming to this white stereotype of what black people were in that decade. And it's only been since the since the um, late two thousands that you know a writer and that that would that would have been predominantly Brian Michael Bendis who said like, no, this character, the character has a lot of potential. He shouldn't be just like a a, a stereotypical trope and actually started working him into a serious, legitimate character and take a look at him now. And he's he's one of he's not one of the most popular Marvel characters. But I mean, he's come a long way from where he was in the 70s, where his series was being canceled every week. But right, (laughs) right.
0: Well, buddy, I uh, I appreciate the uh, the time. I uh, this is one of our longer touches. goes. Usually, like a little five minute segment. We're hitting the twenty five minute mark.
1: So I'm gonna ask that's because I don't know when to shut the fuck up.
0: No, <laughs> no, no, it's fine. I, I like I do enjoy talking, learning comics with you. You're like you're like Wikipedia. You know, I, mean? I try. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen. I hope you're doing well, pal. I can't wait to see you. Uh, it'll be in the near future. We'll send me a text or whatever. And we'll figure out how to get these uh, drives to you.
1: All right. Well, sounds good. And uh, thank you for listening to this, listeners. You've <laughs> done your job well.
0: Oh, they've already skipped it long ago. No I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. I'll I was trying soon. to be
1: optimistic. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah I'll, yeah. I'll talk to you later.
0: All right. Cheers, Val. All right, bye. Oh, Nick. Fuck that guy can tell you just about anything you want to know about comic books and then some. He's like uh, an Italian mother trying to feed you. You know, you ask for your meal and then she just keeps giving you and then she won't stop. You're like, I gotta, I gotta go. I gotta go. No, I'm kidding. I, I, I love that guy. And uh, yeah. So isn't that an interesting thing? Eh? A conversation about uh, comic books and all the progress. How come we as humans can't evolve the way comic books have? Huh? You can get superpowers. You can get, you can be uh, <laughs> so that, that, that fairy thing is fucking stupid. But again, not as bad as DC. All right, he's gay. Uh, what's his enemy? A vampire with AIDS. Because, uh, you know, there's there's no tooth condoms for vampires, right? Vampires, they don't discriminate until they suck in the germ through their teeth. That's a different story. Guys, this week coming up, what do I have? A bunch more of this e-cigarette campaign. A ton of it. A bunch more LCBO campaigns. I told you, work, 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 work. And I'm doing a big... Buffalo Trace whiskey tasting in Cornwall uh, on Saturday. So I'm doing an LCBO thing, then I go drive down to Cornwall, do a big whiskey taste in there, and then I come back and I work, 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 work some more. Work, work, work till I die. Guys, contact at onemanpodcast.com. That's where you can send your emails. Would love to hear from you. Would love to hear what superheroes you think are stupid or what hateful things you're going to let go of your life, what words you don't want to say anymore you know, how you're going to be a better person. Hey, you know what? Just for fun, go ahead and you can brag to me if you feed a homeless guy. I don't give a shit. Just want to hear from you guys. We're getting so close to episode 100. I want to know what's, uh, what do you like about the podcast? What do you not like? What are some of your favorite memories? Just anything so that we can communicate. All right. I'm going to be driving myself crazy with work. I just been throwing out, uh, I'm throwing a rope into the vine, uh, to the void, you know, just hoping something will tug on the other end. All right. So, so tug on my other end. <laughs> Uh, thank you. Portable press.com. Absolute My friends over at Summersby, uh, Carlsberg, Cronenberg, all that fun stuff. DK books, right? My, my partners, darling, Kindersley, dk.com slash CA in Canada, dk.com in the States. Um, we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Check out one minute podcast guys. You'll see a little bit of extra content. I still have to post that, uh, picture that Chris sent me of his space coffee, but I have had the internet. So Facebook went down last week. The internet went down at the house. Every time I go to post shit, the fucking internet's not working. So I'm trying to get some stuff, some content out there, but no, uh, yeah, someone's going to come out and look weird. I, I posted some late DK stuff. Um, but definitely, uh, DK's book. What's my child thinking is fantastic. Uh, I really do suggest to my parents, uh, my parent friends, friends who are parents, whatever the fuck you say it, hashtag parents, um, to get that book, but we are on uh, the socials, one man podcast. And please, um, if you're listening to this, uh, you know, on Twitter or Facebook or some other means subscribe. Okay. Or if you have some friends that you think would enjoy this sometimes get them to subscribe. Okay. Uh, we're on, uh, iTunes, Apple podcasts, Spotify, Google play music, you know, give me a five-star rating and leave a review. That'd be great. It helps me get seen by others. Thank you guys for listening. Listen. This is a longer one. I thought it'd be a shorter one. It's a longer one again. I hope you guys have a great week. Don't work too hard. The sun is shining in Ottawa now. The weather is getting a little warmer. So hopefully everybody, no matter where you are on this planet, you are coming out of the other side of this winter thing. I hope you had a couple of laughs with me this week. I hope to have some all sorts of goofy stories for you next week. But in the meantime, I will chat with you soon. Is that a weird thing to say? I think it's a weird thing to say. In the meantime, chat with you next week. How about that? Go have fun. Feed a homeless guy. Jerk off to some weird anime porn. That's terrible advice. Jerk off or finger your thine self. Double click thine mouse. Right? Wiggle the bean. Don't flick it. That seems painful. Don't flick it. You can massage your bean. This is a terrible sign off. Guys, I'll talk to you next week.
2: Jack Daniel and his partner Jimmy B and we drag a Johnny.